The Christian Bro Code Podcast, episode number 15. Just talk about God, bro. Hey, what's up? It's your bro, Mario Escobedo. Thanks for tuning in to the Christian Bro Code Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to adding value to your spiritual growth. Each episode is designed to give you something you can use to take a step from where you are right now to where God wants you to be. And let me tell you something, bro. If I know anything, it's this. Where God wants you to be is always better than where you are right now. If you're new to the podcast, welcome and thank you very much for checking us out. This episode is available in two formats, a podcast and a video. That's right, two for the price of one. If you're listening to the podcast, check the show notes for a link to the video version over at the Christian Bro Code YouTube channel. And if you're watching on YouTube, check the description for a link to the podcast. All right, bro, let's move on to the next segment of this episode, The Big Idea. What's the big idea? What's the big idea? What's the big idea, Egghead? What's the big idea? What's the big idea? What's the big idea? Hey, what's the big idea? All right, bro, this is the big idea segment of the episode. The big idea is the one most important thing you should know from this episode. And pretty much everything I say in this segment is to make sure that you walk away with the big idea stuck. And I mean like gorilla glued to you. And sometimes I'll tell you the big idea right at the beginning of the segment. And sometimes I have to set things up before I tell you the big idea. Either way, for every episode, you'll know what the big idea is because I'm going to tell you something like, all right, bro, this is the big idea for this episode. So don't worry, you're not going to miss what the big idea is for each episode. Now, here's my disclaimer. And I started issuing this disclaimer a few episodes ago. Whatever I talk about in the big idea, I talk about it because I'm still working on it myself or I've had some kind of experience with the topic, either a good experience or a bad experience. And so I feel that I can share something that will be of benefit to you, and that's why I include it in the big idea. If I'm talking about it, it's because I know it can help you take a step from where you are right now to where God wants you to be. So with that in mind, let's get into the big idea for this episode. Let me set it up for you. The big idea is an answer to this question. How do I raise kids who love God? Now, if you're a Christian bro and you're a dad, then this is probably a question that's eating away at you all the time. And it's probably a question if you're if you if your experience has been anything like mine, if you're anything like me, you you ask yourself this question when your kids do things that that just go completely against what you feel that you've taught them. When your kids do things that go completely against what what people who love God and serve God, what they should be doing. And when your kids misbehave, disobey, lie, cheat, steal, whatever, I think you begin to ask yourself this question. At least I've asked myself this question when my kids have messed up. How do I raise kids who, who love God? And here's the thing. The good news is that you already know the answer to this question. You really do. You might be asking it. And as I presented it to you, you're probably thinking, yeah, you know, that's, that's a good question. How do I do that? You already know the answer to this question. Now, let me give you an explanation using an example. Your kids are probably fans of the same sports team that you cheer for. That means in your home, there are certain rules when it comes to which sports teams you're going to cheer for. So, for example, in, in my case, my daughters, I have two daughters, and, and they 
They've never really cared about sports. They don't care about sports at all, but they are San Antonio Spurs fans. They don't watch any games. Maybe they'll watch a couple of minutes in the playoffs, but I mean, they don't really know any of the players, but, but they do know this. They're Spurs fans. Go Spurs go, by the way. Why? Why are they Spurs fans? Well, because they hear their dad talking about the Spurs because their dad is a Spurs fan and the, their dad, me, talk about the Spurs and they hear me talking to my friends and my coworkers about the Spurs. And when playoff time runs, rolls around, they hear my dad, they hear me, their dad talking about the Spurs and that they're in the playoffs and who's in the first round and they made it to the second round. They hear me talking about the Spurs. So how do they know that they're Spurs fans? Well, they hear me talking about it all the time. How do, how do your kids know? I mean, it's probably the same thing with your kids. Your kids are probably the, 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 the fans of the same sports team that you follow. Why? How do they know? Well, because you talk about it all the time. You're always talking about your team, whether it's a football team, a soccer team, a baseball, basketball team. They know that they're fans because you're talking about it all the, all the time. I mean, you're, you're always talking about it. So back, back to the question. How do I raise kids who love God? And the answer that, to that question is this episode's big idea. So listen up, here it is. This is the one most important thing for you to walk away with after listening to this episode. And I want you to draw the line between, or draw the conclusion, the similarity between talking about spurs and sports and all that, and how your kids know that you love that team because you're always talking about it. And, and now listen up to the big idea in answer to the question, how do I raise kids who love God? Here it is. Here's the big idea. Talk about what God expects and what God has done. That, that's the big idea for this episode, and that's the answer to that question. How do I raise kids who love God? The answer is the big idea. Talk about what God expects and what God has done. If you want kids who grow up to be adults who love and serve God, then right now is a time when you should start talking to your kids about what God expects and about what God has done. And I want to take you to a passage of Scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 11. And in that passage, we're going to see how this idea fleshes out about talking about what God expects and what God has done. Now, before we jump into Deuteronomy 11, let me give you just a little bit of context so that we can understand Deuteronomy a little bit better. First of all, the people of Israel had been in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. Now, we're talking, these events took place centuries before the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. So the people of Israel had been in slavery for, in Egypt for 400 years. God raised up a leader, a man named Moses, and through Moses, he led the people out of slavery and started taking them to the promised land. And in Deuteronomy chapter 11, we have some instructions that God is delivering to the people of Israel through Moses. And the gist of these instructions is, here's how you should live once you make it into the promised land. And I think if, if, you, if you read that chapter, chapter 11, which is a pretty long chapter, we're not going to read the entire chapter. But if you were to read the entire chapter, you'd see that pretty much what, what that chapter talks about is what God expects and what God has done. So let's start in Deuteronomy chapter 11, and we're going to start talking, first of all, about what God expects. And so to do this, to set this up, I'm going to read Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse number 1. Here's how it reads. Love the Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws, and his commands 
always. Now I'm going to jump down to verse 19, but Moses is still talking about God's laws and commands and requirements when he says this in verse 19. Teach them to your children, talking about the laws and requirements, teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Verse 20 says, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So notice what's happening. Through Moses, God is instructing the people to talk about the things that he expects. When he talks about the commands and the laws and the instructions and to observe them, God is talking about all the things that he expects of the people of Israel. And he notice, he's saying, talk about them all the time, when you're at home, when you're out, when you're walking around, when you wake up, when you go to sleep. I mean, just always talk about the things that God expects. And that's a very clear command, very clear instruction that God gives the people of Israel through Moses. Just constantly make this a point of conversation with you and your family. You always have to be talking about what God expects. Now, in your house, if you're going to raise kids who love God, conversations about what God expects have to be a common thing. If you're going to raise kids who love God, conversations, listen up, pay attention to this, conversations about what God expects have to be a common thing around your house. You, you can't have random conversations just here and there every so often, every once in a while, about what God expects, and then you expect that your children are somehow going to love God. It, it just doesn't work that way. They, they have to be frequent conversations. They have to be things that you're always talking about. That's what, that's what the instructions were to the people of Israel. When you get up, when you go down, when you lie down, when you're walking, when you're in the house, when you're not in the house, I mean, just write them on the doorposts of your home. Just always, you always need to be talking about God's commands and instructions, what God expects. Don't expect that if you just do it once in a while, it's going to happen that your kids are going to fall in love with God and want to serve God. Don't expect that it's going to be enough to take your kids to church once a week for an hour or for an hour and a half, and that that's going to be enough for you to be able to raise kids who love God. No, the primary responsibility for your kids loving God falls on you, not on the church. I mean, the church is there to help you, to encourage you, to train you, to teach you, and all that stuff. But according to Scripture, the primary responsibility for your kids loving God and serving God, that responsibility falls on you before it falls on anybody else. And so you can't expect for you at home to have random, sporadic conversations about God and about what God expects, and that that's going to be enough for your kids to love God and to want to serve Him, to raise kids who love God. No, Sunday is not enough. I mean, you these needs to be constant conversations that you're having with your family, with your kids about what God expects. Otherwise, it's it's just it's just not going to work. It doesn't work that way. Your kids are never going to know. They'll never know that God is important in your family if they never hear you talking about what God expects. I mean, you you talk about sports at home, right? And and you talk about your favorite team and you talk about the the game that just happened last night and that we're making it to the playoffs and oh man, went that a, that wasn't a foul. How could that ref do that? I mean, you talk about all that stuff at home and so your kids know that that team, that game, that sport is important to you. If you're not talking about God in your home, then your kids are never going to know that God is important because you're never talking about God. So if you want to raise kids who love God, then you need to talk about what God expects. Do you want kids who love God and who grow up to be adults who love and serve God? 
if 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 you're answering, yeah, I mean that sounds great. I, I'd love that. If you do, then you have to talk about what God expects. I mean, there's just no way around it. These are the conversations that need to be taking place in your home. Check this out. These are the kinds of conversations. This is how you start talking about what God expects in your home. You, you have these kinds of conversations. Listen, as a family, we do these things because we feel that this honors God. You tell your kids stuff like this. Listen, as a family, we avoid doing these types of things because we feel that that doesn't please God. You see, and, and you begin to have those conversations. What are your family values? And, and in your family values, you reflect honoring God. You reflect, you're teaching your kids what it is that God expects. And this is why we act the way we do as a family. This is why we do certain things, and this is why we don't do certain things. It's, it's because we, we believe that that's how we honor God. That's how we fulfill God's expectations of us. And I'll just tell you this in parentheses. As most of you, if you've been listening to the Christian Bro Code podcast, you know that that I'm a pastor of a church, a Spanish-speaking church, in fact, in San Antonio, Texas. And so, uh, you know, there are certain, I guess, expectations of pastors and pastors' families. But one thing my wife and I decided when we first started pastoring is that we would never tell our daughters, we do this or we don't do this because we're pastors. We, we've never told our daughters that. Because what if, God forbid, we're no longer pastors? So does that mean that all the stuff we didn't used to do, we get to do them now? Uh, no, it has nothing to do with being pastors. It has everything to do with being followers of Jesus. It has everything to do with the fact that we want to have a family dynamic that honors God. It has nothing to do with being a pastor because we're followers of Jesus before we're pastors even. And so we, we have these conversations at home. This is what we do because we feel that this is what God expects of our family. We do this because this is what we do as Christ followers. And so you need to have those conversations at home. What do we expect? And and I'll give you I'll give you another personal example, not from my home now where I'm the head of the house, but when I was growing up, and this is the same situation for my wife when she was growing up. For me, when I was growing up, going to church was a non-negotiable. I mean, it, it just it was never a question in my mind if I had to go to church on on the day of church. And and back then when I was growing up, we had church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday and Friday. And then, when I was old enough, there was Thursday youth group service. And it was just never a question that I, I had to ask. I mean, I knew that if the church was open, I was going to be there, that, that my parents were going to expect for me to be there. And then we had, we had what we used to call revivals, or in Spanish, campañas de avivamiento, revivals, you know, revival services that would go for seven days a week. And guess what? We were there every night of the week. And if the evangelist decided, you know what, we need to go another seven nights, or the pastor decided we need to go another seven nights, guess what? We were going to be there for the next seven nights. I mean, it was just, that's how it was in home. My parents taught us very clearly what it is that they expected because they felt that that's how they were honoring God. In fact, when I was when I was 17, I was a you know, grown man by then, right? Grown bro, 17 years old. Uh, I played baseball when I was in high school and I loved baseball. And when I was 17, I joined a summer baseball league. And this particular lead, league had practices on Wednesday nights. And so I went to the first practice, and I, I got out, and by the time I got out, it was too late to go to church, so I, I just didn't go to church. Well, I got home, and my parents had been at church, and so when I got home, 
they weren't there, so I made myself something to eat, and I really didn't think anything of it. But when they got home, the first thing they asked me was, where were you tonight? We didn't see you in church. And I said, well, so here's what happened. So I, I joined a, a summer baseball league, and wouldn't you know it, we have, we have practice on Wednesday nights. So uh, for this season, I'm not going to be going to church on Wednesdays. Wrong answer, Right. My parents made me quit that summer baseball league. I mean, it just, it was not a negotiable if I was going to be going to church on Wednesdays. It it just wasn't negotiable. My parents did a great job of, you know, regardless if you think that was legalistic or too strict or whatever, they made it very clear what it is that they felt God expected of us as a family. And they didn't waver on that. that. That just wasn't a negotiable point for them. So it's important that as, as a bro, now that I'm, I'm a dad in my own home, my girls know that when there's church, there's church, and nothing gets in the way of that. It has nothing to do with the fact that we're pastors. It has everything to do with the fact that we're followers of Jesus, and we want to conduct our family life in a way that we feel honors God. Now, very important. When, when we talk about what God expects, we need to do it in the right context. We, we need to present God in such a way that it doesn't feel as if we do what God expects because he has low self-esteem. <laughs> you know, we, we, we obey God because, oh, poor God, you know, we need to obey him. Otherwise, he's, he's going to feel bad. You know, we don't want to hurt his feelings. And so we, we just need to, we need to stroke his ego a little bit because if not, if we don't obey him, if we don't do what he expects, he, he's going he's gonna to feel bad. You know, that, that's why we should. And, and that's not at all the reason why we do what God expects. That's not at all the reason why we want to obey God. See, here's the reason we teach our children that we obey God and we do what God expects. The reason is because God wants us to obey Him. And the reason God wants us to obey Him, again, is not because He suffers of low self-esteem, not because He needs us to stroke His ego every once in a while, no. The reason God wants us to obey Him is because obedience to God leads to blessings from God. And God knows that the most direct path to receive his blessings is obedience. So here's what you teach your kids. We obey God because, number one, it's the right thing to do. I mean, there shouldn't be any more explanation beyond that, right? But number one, we obey God because it's the right thing to do. We do what God expects because it's the right thing to do. But also, number two, when you obey God, when we as a family obey God, God's blessings follow. So... If you want to raise kids who love God, talk about what God expects. And you might be thinking right about this point, well, that's great for you, but I'm no pastor. I'm no Bible scholar. How do I talk to my kids about what God expects? Well, here's my recommendation to you. Just do what Jesus did. He took all of the commandments of the Old Testament, and he boiled them down to two things. He took everything that God expects And he boiled it down to two things. Here's what Jesus basically said. People, here's what God expects of you. Love God and love others like you love yourself. And Jesus even said, all of the prophets and all of the commands, they rest, they depend on these two things. Love God and love others like you love yourself. I think that there's enough there that you can talk about with your kids. Hey, we're going to love God. What does that look like? And, and you can explain what that means. Hey, we're going to love others like we love ourselves, and then go on and explain what that means as well. So, all right, there, there's more. Remember, the big idea has two parts. Talk about what God expects, 
and what God has done. If you want to raise kids who love God, talk about what God expects, and we just spent some time talking about that, but also talk about what God has done. If you want to raise kids who love God, don't just talk about what God expects, also talk about what God has done. And for that, let's read Deuteronomy. We're still in Deuteronomy chapter 11. Now we're going to read in verse 2. Here's what it says. Remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God. And, and here's what he means when he says the discipline of, of God, his, his majesty, his mighty hand, his outstretched arm the signs he performed and the things he did in the heart of Egypt, both to the Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his whole country, what he did to the Egyptian army, to its horses and chariots, how he overwhelmed them with the waters of the Red Sea as they were pursuing you, and how the Lord brought lasting ruin on them. It was not your children who saw what he did for you in the wilderness until you arrived at this place. I'm going to jump to verse 7. But it was your own eyes that saw all these great things the Lord has done. Now, I'm going to combine verses 2 and verses 7 to clarify the point that I'm making here. Look at what Moses said in verses 2 and then in verse 7. Remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced. And then verse 7, it was your own eyes that saw all these great things the Lord has done. Why does Moses emphasize that particular point? Well, here it is. He's letting the people know, your children are never going to know about what God has done unless you tell them about it. Your, your children, they need to know about what God has done, but you need to be the ones to tell them about it. Otherwise, they're never going to know about what God has done. Here it is. You have the responsibility to tell your kids about what God has done. As a Christian bro who is a dad, you have the responsibility, you and I, we have the responsibility to tell our kids about what God has done. Why? Why is this important? Because look, it's what Moses said. They haven't seen it yet. They, they haven't had a chance to see and experience God's power for themselves yet. So you need to talk to them. I need to talk to my kids about what God has done them. Look, talk to them about how God rescued you from a life of sin. Talk, you know, don't go into a whole lot of detail. You know, I don't know what your past was like, but maybe you don't want to go into a whole lot of detail, but tell them what your life was like before Jesus rescued you. And, and tell them how different your life is now because of what God has done for you. Talk, talk to them about how God provided miraculously when you were going through a tough financial situation. You know, we, we've had those conversations with our daughters because, like you, we've been through some tough financial times, and God, God came through. And we've talked to our girls about that. T talk to them about those moments. Talk to them about how God healed you when you were sick. Talk to them about those moments. If, if you want to raise kids who love God, talk to them about what God has done. Because when you talk to your kids about what God has done— what you're doing, in fact, what you're doing is that you're strengthening their faith. You're creating, how would I say, you're creating an appetite in them. You're creating within them a desire to want to experience God for themselves. When you tell them about all the fantastic things God has done in your life, you begin to create that desire in them to want to desire, to, to want to experience God for themselves. And, and you know what? Kids believe what you tell them. You know, why do your kids believe in Santa Claus? Well, because you told them. 
Why do they believe in the tooth fairy, the Easter money? Well, because you told them. They're, they're not jaded yet like many adults are. You know, if you, if you tell an adult that God did something miraculous, they might say something like, well, couldn't it just be a coincidence? I mean, really, how do you really know it was God who did it, right? That's that's how that's how typical res- responses are from from adults, even sometimes from Christian adults, right? But with kids, with, with man, with with kids, it's different. With kids, it's something like this. Well, if Daddy says it, it must be true. I mean, they're, they're going to say that, and then they're going to want it too. You're you're creating you're 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 creating this appetite, this desire in them to want to experience God the way that you have too. Now, there's a lot at stake here if you don't talk to your kids about what God has done, because look, here's what's going to happen: if you don't talk to your kids about what God has done, then they're going to guess, and they're going to make up their own conclusions. Now, here, here's what I mean: if they see good things happen, and you don't tell them. You don't talk to them talk to them about how it was God. Well, this is what they're going to guess. Well, well, I guess daddy's just lucky. Right? D- daddy or mommy or our family, we we just got lucky again. Or maybe something like, wow, dad is such a hard worker. That's why things are going so well for us as a family. There, you know, if you don't talk to them about what God has done and make it absolutely clear that it's God behind all the good stuff in your life, they're going to fill in the blanks on their own. I'm telling you, they're going to fill in the blanks on their own if you don't tell them that it was really God who was behind all the good stuff in your life. They're going to fill in the blanks. And none of that helps when you want to raise kids who love God. I mean, you need to be explicit. You need to talk to them about what God has done. Fill in the blanks for them. Fill in the blanks for them so that they're not guessing, how did this happen? No, you're going to tell them, it was God. No question, no doubt. It was God. So let me repeat it again. The big idea for this episode, and the big idea, again, answers this question that I'm sure we've all asked ourselves many times since becoming fathers. How do I go about raising kids who love God? And the answer, again, the answer is talk about what God expects and what God has done. Now, before we move on to the next segment, let me share one last thing with you. It's important that you talk about both what God expects and what God has done. Don't just talk about one and not the other. It's it's important. It's important that you talk about both and and let me tell you why. If you talk only about what God expects, then you present God as a tyrant or as a dictator who only demands stuff from us. Like he, he ends up being, he's selfish and, and he's egotistical and, and he doesn't really care about us. And you end up painting this picture for your kids that God is just a big bully who likes to boss people around and tell them what to do. And, and don't you always tell your kids, don't be bossy. You know, don't, don't tell other people what to do. You're not the boss. And if you present God and you only present the side of what God expects, then you're creating, it's, it's, it's a potential, it's possible that you're creating this picture in your kids' minds that God is this big bossy bully up in heaven who's stronger than all of us, and he's just there to tell us what to do. And, and that's just not who God is. I mean, that's not at all who God is. But on the other hand, the other side of the coin is this. If you only talk to your kids about what God has done, 
then you run the risk of presenting God as a genie in a lamp who grants our every wish. And, and that, that God is our servant whose job it is to keep us happy. So notice, on the one hand, if you talk about only what God expects, then God is a bully who just wants to tell people what to do. If you only talk about what God has done, then God is a, is a servant whose job it is to keep you happy, and neither one of those is an accurate or complete picture of who God is. When you talk about what God expects and what God has done, then you're presenting a more accurate biblical portrait of God. God honors and rewards obedience. You see, the the reason we talk about what God expects is because we want to live lives of obedience to God because that's what God expects. But a huge part of the obedience that we live to God is that God blesses, He rewards, He honors our obedience. And this is where it becomes, again, very important to talk about what God expects and what God has done. So there you have it. If you want to raise kids who love God, then talk about what God expects and what God has done. All right. Let's move on to the final segment of the episode. This segment is called Bring Home the Bacon. I like waking up to the smell of bacon. Sue me. All right. Bring home the bacon, bro. It is time to bring home the bacon. Now, this is a segment of the episode where I suggest a practical way for you to apply the big idea. Now, let me tell you something ahead of time. It's a bit of a warning. Bringing home the bacon isn't meant to be easy. It's meant to challenge you. Why? Because you and I, we're bros, and and we grow when we're challenged. If you're never challenged, then you'll never take a step from where you are to where God wants you to be. So it's time to bring home the bacon. And as a reminder, the big idea for this episode is talk to your kids about what God expects and what God has done. So How are you going to bring home the bacon? Well, right now, superhero movies are are all the rage. I mean, superhero movies, that's it. There's superhero movies coming out every year. Everybody loves superhero movies. And there's all kinds of superheroes, right? I mean, you could list 20 different superheroes. They're all different. They all have a different set of powers. But there's one thing that all superheroes have in common. And in fact, this one thing they have in common is super important to understanding why they do what they do as superheroes. And here it is. Every superhero has a backstory or an origin story. The origin story gives us insight into why a superhero is the way he is and why he does what he does. And I think the best example of an origin story for a superhero is Batman. Batman is the caped crusader. He fights crime. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to. I mean, he's a billionaire, Bruce Wayne, right? He doesn't have to. But why does he fight crime? Well, you need to look at his origin story to understand why he fights crime. And the reason Batman fights crime is that his parents were killed by a mugger right in front of him. I mean, he witnessed his parents being killed, murdered by a mugger. And, and that event witnessing his parents' murder, launched him into a life of fighting crime. Now, here's the thing. You have an origin story. 
You have a story that explains why you love and serve God. You have an origin story that explains why you want your family to serve and why you want to raise kids who love God. You have an origin story. So here's your task. Here's how you bring home the bacon. Tell your kids your origin story. Make time this week to tell your kids, talk to your kids about your origin story. I'm going to tell you, that's really going to help them understand why you are the way you are and why you do what you do. Now, how long you take to share your origin story? Well, that depends on the age of your kids. But if I were you, this is what I would do. I would practice telling your origin story before you actually tell your kids. You know, you don't want to make it so long that you bore them. You need to think about what, what are the details I'm going to share? What are the details I'm going to leave out? You know, you don't want to go off onto all these different rabbit trails that have really nothing to do with your origin story. It's just, oh, and around that time, this is when the president was, you know, boil it down to the essence of your origin story. You know the age of your kids. You know what's appropriate. As the years go on, and this is what I did with my girls, as the years go on, as they get older, they can understand more. They can assimilate more. You can add more details to your origin story. You can, you can go into things that otherwise before when they were younger, you couldn't go into. Uh, you could, for example, you could use your drive time to work, you know, going to work and coming back from work. You can use that time to practice talking about your origin story. I mean, just, just rehearse it. I mean, who cares if people in the cars next to you see you talking? Just put on your Bluetooth headset and they'll think that you're on the phone with somebody. Who cares, right? Uh, maybe, maybe you can practice it with your wife, you know, whatever, something. Just make time. This is your task. This is how you bring home the bacon. Make time this week to tell your kids, talk to your kids about your origin story. Where did God save you from? Where, where did God pull you out of? And, and now how is your life different thanks to the grace, the love, the forgiveness of God? Make time this week to talk to your kids about your origin story. And I guarantee that it's going to help you as you begin to develop this habit of talking about what God expects and what God has done. Talking to your kids about your origin story will begin to lead them down the path to loving God. So how are you going to bring home the bacon? Make time this week to tell your kids your origin story. And one last time, the big idea for this episode, how do I raise kids who love God? Talk to your kids about what God expects and what God has done. Well, that's it for this episode, bro. Hey, do something awesome. Help other bros add value to their spiritual growth. When you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, you help other bros find it. And guess what? That's pretty awesome of you. On YouTube, smash the subscribe button like a bro. Like, share, and leave a comment. All that makes it easier for other bros to find these episodes. Also, join the Christian Bro Code Facebook group. It's a group available only to bros. From time to time, I do additional bonus content available only in that group, so check it out. Links to all the stuff I'm talking about are in the podcast show notes and the YouTube video description. That's it, bro. Till next time, find ways to add value to your spiritual growth. God bless, bro.